The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. Here's the news. Chinese airlines are expected to fly high amid rapid post-pandemic economic recovery. China Southern Airlines has launched a new direct flight between Beijing Daxing International Airport and London's Heathrow Airport in June. For its inaugural flight, an Airbus A350 wide-body aircraft carried more than 240 passengers. The airline currently operates a total of over 120 daily international flights involving some 80 routes. It now plans to launch more international flights that connect China, Thailand, and Singapore. The company adds that the number of flights to Central Asia has resumed to about 60% of the pre-pandemic level, and flights to Africa have almost rebounded to pre-pandemic numbers. Meanwhile, British Airways now operates flights four times a week between Beijing and London. With the summer vacation looming, many Chinese airlines are expected to resume more international flights. China Eastern Airlines has introduced a wave of international flights, including routes to Japan, Southeast Asia, Europe, and elsewhere. China Eastern Airlines has also increased flights from Shanghai to Paris since June 11th, increasing the number of round trips to seven per week from the previous three. The company hopes the move will further promote in-depth exchanges between China and France in the fields of economy, trade, culture, and tourism. China Sichuan Airlines has resumed direct flights from Chengdu to Istanbul. The Civil Aviation Administration of China says it will continue to promptly approve applications from Chinese and foreign airlines in order to resume international flights and ensure the smooth recovery of the sector. This is Special English. China's next lunar probe, Chang'e 6, will carry payloads 
from the European and French space agencies. The China Aerospace Science and Technology has revealed the news on the Twitter-like platform Sina Weibo, saying that the planned payloads are two scientific instruments for lunar surface research. Such international cooperation comes from two memorandums of understanding the China National Space Administration signed with the European Space Agency and the French Space Agency. The European equipment is a negative ion analyzer that can be used to conduct fundamental research on planetary science, and the French instrument is a detector to measure radon gas and its decay products on the moon. According to China's lunar exploration program, the Chang'e 6 mission is scheduled to be launched around next year to complete a sample return task from the far side of the moon. If the mission succeeds, it will become the first time for humans to get lunar samples from the far side. The Chang'e 5, launched in 2020, is the country's most recent mission to the moon. Its probe retrieved a total of 1,731 grams of lunar soil from the near side. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. The Fifth World Conference on Biosphere Reserves will be held in Hangzhou, the capital of East China's Zhejiang province, from September 22nd to the 27th, 2025. That is according to the UNESCO's MAN and the Biosphere International Coordinating Council. Hangzhou is designated to host both the Congress and the Council's 37th session. This will be the first time the conference will be held in China and also the first time in the Asia-Pacific region. The MAN and the Biosphere Program is a large intergovernmental scientific program launched by UNESCO in 1971, focusing on promoting the harmonious integration between people and nature by combining natural and social sciences with economics, education, and capacity building. Based on the program, the World Biosphere Reserve Network 
is the largest and oldest collection of nature reserves in the UNESCO system. At present, it has 738 world biosphere reserves in 134 countries and regions, covering a total area of around 5% of the Earth's land surface. The World Conference on Biosphere Reserves is the largest and most extensive international meeting in the program system. It is held every 10 years or so to take stock of the development of the program and the network, formulating a development strategy and action plan for the next stage. So far, it has been held in Minsk, Seville, Madrid, and Lima. China formally joined the program in 1973, and Man and the Biosphere China was established in 1978 with the support of the Chinese Academy of Sciences in collaboration with other ministries engaged in the administration of environmental conservation, forestry, agriculture, education, ocean, and atmosphere. This is Special English. With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes! 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3, wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Researchers from the University of New South Wales estimate that over 76% of corals across the world would catch disease by 2100 amid global warming. In their new study published in the journal Ecology Letters, the researchers have created a data set encompassing 108 papers on global coral disease for a further meta-analysis. They find that both rising average summer sea surface temperatures 
and weekly sea surface temperature anomalies are associated with global increases in coral disease prevalence. The study shows that the global coral disease prevalence tripled to almost 10% between 1992 and 2018. When predicting future estimates of coral disease, the model suggests that the disease prevalence could reach 76.8% in 2100 if temperatures continue to rise. Samantha Burke, leading author of the study, says that the findings highlight the devastating impacts of rising temperatures on coral reefs and the dire need for swift action to mitigate climate change. The scholar warns that as coral disease prevalence climbs across the globe, more corals will become diseased without urgent action taken to address warming temperatures. Burke explains as the ocean warms, it increases coral stress, which can decrease its immune response. Increasing temperatures can also create more favorable conditions for the pathogen causing disease. At the current stage, scientists have yet to identify many of the disease-causing pathogens. Burke says it remains unknown whether the microbes associated with diseased coral are the cause or a symptom of disease. She adds whether the fungi or bacteria present cause disease or merely fed on the dying tissue is unclear, so researchers need to study it further. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Surrounded by a rainbow of fresh-cut flowers, Huang Pan Pan and her husband begin their shift of live-streaming as the night nears, and their work will last until the sun comes up. At 8 p.m., the 36-year-old woman starts her routine live-streaming on Douyin, the Chinese version of TikTok. In front of Huang is a table decorated with a stack of fresh blossoms. She picks up a bouquet of pink spray roses for a camera close-up while her online followers hurry to place their orders. Such a workday for the florist-turned-live-streamer and her husband frames the daily scene of the bustling Donan flower market in Kunming 
the capital of southwest China's Yunnan province, and is indicative of China's burgeoning horticulture industry. The couple started their fresh-cut flower business in their hometown, Liaocheng City, in East China's Shandong Province, in 2016. At that time, they provided intra-city group buying services for over 10,000 fresh-cut flower lovers via WeChat. A popular messaging app in China, time-consuming logistics soon became the couple's bugbears, as they were too far away from Yunnan, China's biggest fresh-cut flower production base. At the end of 2019, they moved to Kunming. Where Asia's largest fresh-cut flower trading market is located, with a yearly trade volume of 11 billion flowers, Huang recalls at that time few would rely on live streaming to boost their flower sales. While Huang was actively interacting with her online audience, her husband Xiang Yancong busied himself purchasing flowers in the Dounan flower market. Shining a flashlight on the flower heads, he closely examines their freshness and takes note of prices of the day. The 34-year-old man says, during the daytime, tens of thousands of visitors from across the country pour into the Dounan flower market, while after 8:30 p.m., it becomes a wholesale market for florists. The couple has also recruited. Two professional buyers to bid for roses based on varieties and grades displayed on a trading screen in the Kunming International Flora Auction Trading Center, as the largest of its kind in Asia. The 900-seat trading center sold. Over 11 million flowers during this year's Spring Festival holiday, Xiang explains that each deal at the auction trading center needs a mere four seconds on average to be inked, an experience that easily sets one's heart palpitating. To keep the delicate flowers intact and as fresh as new, they skillfully wrap the cut ends with moist sponges and secured the stems with cable ties before fixing the flowers in cardboard boxes. Huang explains the delivery is a race against the clock. 
and thanks to cold chain aviation and high-speed railway logistics, the fresh flowers can be delivered to customers within three days. Over the past decade, China has recorded a growing middle class and its per capita disposable income has doubled. Many consumers no longer regard flowers as a luxury but rather as daily consumption goods to adorn people's leisurely lives. About 30 years ago, the Donan flower market was a street with roadside stalls selling flowers, but now it has become Asia's largest fresh-cut flower trading market, selling flowers to more than 40 countries and regions, including Japan, Thailand, and Vietnam. Yunnan's fresh-cut flower-growing area totaled 21,700 hectares in 2021, followed by about 1.7 million netizens. The florist couple receives an average of 3,000 orders worth 100,000 yuan, about 14,000 U.S. dollars every day. This is Special English. That's the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. Chinese airlines are expected to fly high amid rapid post-pandemic economic recovery. China Southern Airlines has launched a new direct flight between Beijing Daxing International Airport and London's Heathrow Airport in June. For its inaugural flight, an Airbus A350 widebody aircraft carried more than 240 passengers. The airline currently operates a total of over 120 daily international flights, involving some 80 routes. It now plans to launch more international flights that connect China, Thailand, and Singapore. The company adds that the number of flights to Central Asia has resumed to about 60% of the pre-pandemic level, and flights to Africa have almost rebounded to pre-pandemic numbers. Meanwhile, British Airways now operates flights four times a week between Beijing and London. With the summer vacation looming, many Chinese airlines are expected to resume more international flights. China Eastern Airlines has introduced a wave of international flights, including routes to Japan, Southeast Asia, Europe, and elsewhere. China Eastern Airlines has also increased flights from Shanghai to Paris since June 11th, increasing the number of round trips to seven per week from the previous three. The company hopes the move will further promote in-depth exchanges between China and France in the field of economy, trade, culture, and tourism. China Sichuan Airlines has resumed direct flights from Chengdu to Istanbul. The Civil Aviation Administration of China says it'll continue to promptly approve applications from Chinese and foreign airlines in order to resume international flights and ensure the smooth recovery of the sector. This is the end of today's program. 
I'm Tony Reed in Beijing, and I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. I love you. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好。